everybody. Welcome to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. And yes, we are going to keep playing that song as our intro until they put the belt on Cody. I am your exactly. host. Exactly. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I know Hunter's listening. Yeah. Uh, well, it might not even be up to Hunter. Whoever the fuck is. Might, have to be, uh, might be up to Gomez. <laughs> uh, I'm Dan Hummer. I'm the, uh, the host of this esteemed podcast. And I'm here with my lovely brother, Doug. Yo. And uh, Clement and Eric are here. What's up? Huh? How we doing, guys? How is everybody? Good. Pretty good. We think. Yeah, I'm doing great. I can't complain. It's been a nice week. And uh, it's fun. Uh, we're here to talk about the top 10 pro wrestling relationships. Uh, so this isn't just couples. This isn't just like a boyfriend, girlfriend, or, or two fellas. Billy and Chuck is up for grabs here. If you want to put them on that is the wrong way to put that. <laughs> well, Rico might be happy, uh, but there's a yeah. any any like friendship, any like just close pals, any any relationship in wrestling, on screen or off. We're going to be ranking our top ten today. So whether you want it to be a like, a, it could be Brock and Sable if that's what you want to do. If you're a Brock and Sable fan, you know. Uh. I mean, I became less of a stable fan when she married Brock. That just proved that, you know, she lowered her standards. But you, literally anything's on the table here as long as it's two people. Uh, we're not we're not doing throuples. We're doing two people. And, uh, yeah, top ten relationships. So, so it can't be like Coco Beware and Frankie the Bird? No, it can't. Oh, it can? It can't, yeah. Oh. Well, you said two people. Well, I mean – Maybe the bird identifies as a person. Well, he's dead anymore. The <laughs> bird unfortunately passed away. R.I.P. Frankie. Yeah. But yes, if you want to have uh, El Snow and Pepper on here, you can. Uh, but just uh, top ten pro wrestling couples. We're a little late for Valentine's Day, but we're we're bringing the love here at the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Yeah. Uh, since it's a list, I don't want to get too into current stuff, especially because we kind of just did a whole episode on that. And... Uh, to be honest, the last week it's been all right, but do we have workers of the week real quick? Orange Cassidy picked him a lot. I like Orange Cassidy. Good for you, <laughs> Eric. I didn't watch much wrestling because I worked on both days that I would watch wrestling. But I, I guess bad? I would say Kenny Omega. Okay. What about Bobby Allen? Yeah, that's who my worker of the that's week was going to be for getting in a car accident wrestling the next day. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Who was that? Darby Allen. Not not getting in a car accident, getting hit by a car. He got ran over by a vehicle. Wow. And then he wrestled the next day. That young man's a badass. Wow. He is a badass. That awesome pipe bomb he, that in promo, as long as Sting and MJF. Yeah. I heard about that. I didn't see it yet, but I heard about it. You didn't see it? The pipe bomb? Yeah. No. I watched it. I didn't really think it was like, like I'm tired of everybody calling a, a, a promo like that a pipe bomb, but it was good. It was good. And it was, I like Darby and, and his promo has not always been my favorite part of him, but he's definitely getting better with stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think working with Sting has helped a lot. Yeah. And I, I, I think we should see a main event program with Darby and MJF. 
Well, right now, I think they're working towards like Darby versus MJF versus uh, Jungle Boy versus Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Well, that would be good. All the young kids. Well, yeah, because MJF has yep. called them, uh, the, for them the four pillars of AEW. They are. Or they were. Exactly. They should be. I mean, they're the four youngest guys on the roster. And they were four of the best, and they've all, they've all been there from the start. Exactly. And they've all had amazing moments. Like Sammy, to me, Sammy is the most start-stop wrestler in AEW. And, like, the most, like, one week he's the hottest thing on planet Earth, and the next week he fucking blows. Yeah. Like, it just, yeah. they, they can't figure out, like, a really good path to, to keep him on, and that sucks. Because they're, like, during his little babyface run, I was in. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Sammy's the man. Like, when he won that match for the, the inner circle against the pinnacle and shit, and I thought it was off to the that race. That was a great moment. In the stadium stampede or whatever I, they call it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, and he got I don't know if you guys have seen all access, but he's been good on this. It gave me a different perspective on uh, some, some of the stuff from back then. But, Yeah. Pretty good show. Cool. All right, are we ready? We're ready. Top 10 pro wrestling couples. I'm going to let Doug start us off here. Okay. My, no, my number 10 is the Hurricane and Rosie. <coughs> they are one of my favorite tag teams of that Ruthless Aggression era. Uh, and just because, like, it's almost like uh, Hurricane was just kind of, they were just basically looking for something for Hurricane to do because Hurricane was kind of coming off a a run where he was kind of getting main event matches. Yeah, during that, the, the, like 2003, 2004, he was kind of like big time. Yeah. The shit with The Rock was a, was a big deal. Yeah, and but then like... But even the they, shit with Kane a little bit. Yeah, and then they wanted, <coughs> after Rock, they wanted Triple H to, uh, you know... They wanted Triple H to kind of work with them and, you know, elevate them a little bit. And Triple H is like, I, uh, if I wouldn't put over Booker T, uh, then I'm not putting over a Green Lantern wannabe. Uh. <laughs> oh, God, I just gave myself strep throat doing that. Uh, but so like that, that kind of stalled them a little bit. And they weren't doing anything with Rosie because they got rid of Rosie's partner in Three Minute Warning. So it's like, okay, let's put them together and let's see what we can come up with. Which Rosie's partner, by the way, is Umaga. Yeah. Who would end up coming back and having a pretty good career. Right. So then uh, um, so then getting the two of them together and doing like the skits, like the, the one skit where Rosie had to change and Hurricane's like, all right, I got to go in the locker room and change. He goes, no, you're doing it in the phone booth. And Rosie got stuck. And then like, they kept doing segments where people kept walking past him in the phone booth. Yeah. It, it's funny because that era kind of gets shit on for its tag teams. Yeah. You know, like when you're, when the highlight of the division is La Resistance, you have a problem. Right. But those two, like even if they were working like Test and Steiner, they always like, it was always fun. And it, when they had Stacy with them for a spell, right? Was it Stacy? Yeah. After they won the world tag title, she became a uh, super Stacy, which, that was fun because 
like, well, first of all, them winning the tag titles at that backlash in 05, yeah. like, that was a pop. Yeah. Or, or for me, personally. Well, to me, because Hurricane, to me, and there's been gimmick sense, but to me, he's one of the late last, like, great gimmicks. Yeah. Of, like, this is not who this person is. I mean, he is a comic book fan. Don't get me wrong. But, like, he's playing this guy that's, like, so delusional. He thinks he's a superhero. And it just works. So, something works about it. And everyone's in on the joke but him. And now he's got this big, like, Samoan dude, Rosie, who wants to be his sidekick. And he's the side, uh, superhero in training. And all that shit was so fun and so good. Yeah. When, and even though it was comedic relief, it also helped because Shane Helms can go in the ring and always been able to. Right. And Rosie wasn't bad either. No, Rosie's, Rosie's a good big man. Yeah. So those two together, it, good ring work and a fun character. Like when he graduated from being the superhero in training to be a superhero, like when he went from like looking like the fucking Hamburglar. Yeah. Or no, not the hamburger. He looked like Grimace, I guess. Yeah. That's what Rock would call him, Grimace and the Hamburger. Yeah. Uh, and he went from looking like Grimace to, you know, and then he had the thing where, you know, he had the, the colors on the red mask and all, or, or orange mask or whatever it was. And because that was like a big thing, because I remember Hurricane wrestled uh, Tomko. Stacy was in the corner, and Tomko won. And they were getting ready, Trish and Tomko were getting ready to go after Stacy. And Rosie came out, and JR had no clue who that was at first. Yeah. And King goes, uh, JR, that's Rosie. He's like, what? He goes, yeah, he graduated from, he's no longer a superhero in training. He's a superhero now. So that, that was just, <laughs> that was fun. Or like when Stacy finally went with him. And, like, they did something on the, on the 4th of July episode of 2005 where they were trying to show, like, fireworks safety and Rosie sets his arm on fire. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, like, it, to me, they were uh, – Ruthless Aggression is not my favorite era. Yes, I know that. But they were a reason to watch. Yeah. And it's comedic relief done right. It didn't, like, it was corny, but it was corny on purpose, and it didn't feel too corny or too hammed up. It, it didn't feel like bullshit. It, it was just, I don't know, there was something organic about it, and yeah, it, yeah it worked. Yeah. All right, Eric, who is your number 10 favorite couple? It's a little biased, and it's two current people, but I, I just wanted to put one of my favorites on here. So, it's Adam Cole and Britt Baker. Okay. I mean, Rip Baker, probably my favorite female, and yes. Adam Cole is my favorite wrestler. So, and yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, they're a I cute couple. I mean, I see, I see pictures of them yeah. on Instagram all the time, and and it's to me, it's always been cool, and now it's cool that they're together. But it was cool to me that Adam Cole was doing his thing in WWE, and she was doing her thing in AEW, and they're still a couple, and. Yeah. Like, exactly. I remember there were times, like, you know, when Disney Plus first came out, like, she's a big Disney fan, and her and Cole, for some reason, like, they were both in, I think they were both in Florida for something. Uh, and they were staying, or they were both actually staying in the same hotel. I don't, WWE was running one town in the state, AEW was running the other. And she's just like, uh, Disney Plus had just become a thing. 
And she's like, oh, cool. The hotel has Disney Plus. He looks at her and goes, what the hell is Disney Plus? <laughs> and he tweeted, he goes, Adam Cole, baby, has never heard of Disney Plus. I need to change this. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't, you, because, like, this is one that's an off-screen couple. So, you yeah. don't, it's not, we don't see much of yeah. them together. But <coughs> they seem very happy. <coughs> yeah. They're definitely they're definitely very happy and like they take I think they really do uh, they take the business not necessarily like too seriously but they take it seriously enough to where like if they see somebody you know that they feel like is kind of disrespecting the business especially since Adam Cole's coming off 9 months off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Bad head injury. Yeah, concussions and back. I think it's back neck. So, but no, I mean, they, I'm not a huge, I, I do like Adam Cole. I'm not a huge, like, I'm not a diehard Britt Baker fan. I like Britt more than Cole, to be honest with you. I'm on the other side of it. Because I think Adam Cole's a fucking traitor. What do you mean? Triple H put all his... We always talk about what a piece of shit Triple H is and how Triple H has fucked so many people over and all this stuff. And I don't always agree, but I I do get that there's merit to it. He put all his cards into this young man. That guy was NXT. He was the future. Yeah, he was. All you saw was videos and fucking pictures of him standing next to HBK and Triple H. Okay. What does he do? He fucking tucks tail and he runs as soon as fucking shit gets hard. Okay, well, shit got hard because Triple H had to go away because Triple H's beloved father-in-law gave him a fucking heart attack. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so either stay here and work for the asshole that just tried to kill his favorite boss. Which, by the way, is not an actual medical diagnosis. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's diagnosed by Dr. Doug. Uh. You can't tell me that Vince didn't plan any of that because if it wasn't planned, he would not have fucked up NXT after Triple H left. Uh, do, I, do, do I think that he planned Triple H's heart attack? No. <laughs> I mean, he is a no-good bastard, so I wouldn't put it past him. Okay. Uh, him and Vicky Gora both belong in hell. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> but we don't need to get it. He might have just stressed him out enough to give him a heart attack. Yeah, I mean, workload and all that, but it's not like he's like, he's going to drop. I beg to differ. Put this in his coffee and see what happens. You got a point somewhere here, or is this just this? I think this is just this. Okay. I'm waiting for you to throw it to somebody else. Did Clinic give his yet? Not yet. Okay. Mm -hmm. What is your content Mine's is going to be the golden truth. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> the golden truth. I mean, you talking about uh, two people. Uh, no, I'm sorry, but our truth is comedian relief. You think that those two are perfectly made for each other as comedian and tag team relief. <clears throat> First, you had, you had to set up a gold dust begging our truth. To be a tag team partner with Truth, reje- 
uh, did not want to do. He helped Truth win. Truth wants Goldust to be a tag team partner. Now Goldust doesn't want to do it. They team with other people and Tyler Breeze and Fandango, respectively, have matches against each other. Their partners jump them, and they finally go on to become the Golden Truth. A whole rap game and everything. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, this, it's definitely a deep cut, and that I, I don't like. It wasn't. It wasn't going to be on my list. Uh, it was a fun time. Some of the vignettes they did. I think a lot of people might prefer a different Gold Dust pairing that we might see later. Yeah, but I don't want to spoil it. But uh. Goldust and Truth did have some fun times, and I wish they would have really. When they broke up, I was kind of excited to see what they were because I liked the vignettes that they were doing of both of them, and yeah. it seemed like it was going to yeah. kind of lead to something big, but it didn't really, did it? I think they had one match, no. and that was it. Uh, but what's funny is that, like our truth, you know, we call our truth comedic relief. Not many people can make Brock Lesnar break character on camera. Well, yeah, that's my and that's my thing with Truth is that I really started to like Truth after this. Yeah, I, I thought he really started getting a lot funnier. But it, them two together were funny. Yeah, because like when he goes up and he goes, "I'm gonna throw you over the top rope, Paul Heyman," <laughs> and Heyman goes. What do you mean, throw me over the top? I'm not in the room. He's like, wait, you're not in the match? And Paul's like, no! No, you no I'm not in the match. Brock Lesnar's in the match. Like, oh, my bad. I'm not going to be in it then. <laughs> and Brock is dying. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. And, well, wait, all right. So what about uh, when he goes into the World Rumble and grabs a ladder and climbs it in the middle of the match, taking some money to make it? Yeah. He is funny. Or and this is a lot of fun, and then we get and then we can get the years. But or when he comes out thinking he's in the Money in the Bank match twenty six, fifteen or sixteen, one of them, and he goes WrestleMania. I conquered my fear of ladders, and I'm going to do it again this Sunday in Money in the Bank. And Kane goes, uh, "Truth, you're not in the match." <laughs> he goes, "Wait, are you sure?" "Yes, I'm sure. I booked it." Oh. My bad, sorry. <laughs> in an era, because the PG era, comedy has not always been the PG era's strong suit. And they've tried rigorously, and a lot of the jokes fail. A lot of the jokes don't land with different guys. Truth is the one guy in this era that was genuinely fucking hilarious at times. And, and genuinely, that 24-7 belt isn't a thing without him. He made oh, God, that no. belt. And he made that a fun segment. Yeah. I mean, and he, to be honest with you, like, they made something with him, like, they made something with him and Carmella. Yeah. Like, that, that's a pairing that should not work. Well, work unless it's on Pornhub. Yeah. But <laughs> it just, it does. <laughs> yeah, it did. And, uh. And we can't we can't overshadow Gold Dust either because he's hilarious. Yeah, you can do anything with Gold Dust and it's funny. Yep. And him and Truth together were were comedy. So yeah, exactly. All right, my number ten, and I have another comedic duo, but uh, somebody 
the two guys that I just I really liked, and I know it maybe doesn't age well. I know the character doesn't age well, but I went with Eugene and William Regal because in the ruthless aggression era, when I grew up watching wrestling, and I've always and I don't like thinking back that the Eugene character. By the way, Nick Dinsmore is a hell of a wrestler. Yeah, he's actually going to be part of a virtual signing in a few weeks. Uh, it's, it's, so they got a virtual signing place, KNS WrestleFest, who, you know, I've gotten stuff from them before. Yes. They did the Bret Hart thing for mom. Uh, I think it, it made something. I forgot, like, the exact date, but they have a triple header that day. Eugene, Val Venus, and Marty Gennetti. All in the same day. Jeez. That's a that, Yeah. Uh, no, but... The character of Eugene and the fact that he was kind of supposed to have like a mental handicap or something, that stuff isn't right and it doesn't age well. And I don't really, I don't agree with it. And if that's what they were really like going for, which it kind of seemed like it was, then it is, it is in poor taste. Yeah. But the if you just look at it as this is like an, like a man child, like an eccentric type, like, like a, a lifelong wrestling fan yes and just like a big like it reminds me of like somebody that we like grew up with that just loves wrestling and and that's what he's doing and he's finally getting to live his dream yeah. and that's how i always got that feeling with eugene and he was he, like he was kind of he had the fans hearts and william regal being like coming off of kind of being a bad guy and also like being like in this authority almost role and he's got to be like the babysitter to this guy and watching Every week, slowly, William Regal starts to warm up to him more and more and more. And then at the end, he just has Eugene back, and it's fuck yeah. everybody else. And just that to me, that was a fun relationship to watch, like go. And it's like, and Willie, at, at the end, like when it's all said and done, it's like if you touch my boy, you're getting knocked out. When they won the world tag title, oh, it was a huge pop too. Yeah. Uh, when when they got the win, when they when they won the titles, uh. I'll never forget, though, because, you know, Eugene ended up tearing, you know, he forced the towel. Yeah. In, in a tag match, which they ended up winning. Anyway. Which kind of ruined the whole thing. Yeah. But, like, the week before, because uh, they were kind of building something to something with Christy Hemi. Because Eugene, you know, the character Eugene always had this crush on Christy, and, you know, they kind of did some stuff together. And, uh, you know, Eugene is listening to his Lord help him, his Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) And he, you know, kind of starts singing. And Rigo comes, Eugene, dear boy, we got to get ready. You got Christian uh, coming up. And uh, Christian and Tomko want to take these tag titles from us next week. And then Christy's like, if you want me to help him get get them ready, I'll get, you know, I can help get them. I can help prepare them. And Eugene just gets his look on his face, and Rigo just goes, are you sure you want to do this? And it's like, yeah, sure. He goes, all right, Eugene, have fun, but don't touch anything you're not supposed to. <laughs> and then uh, Rigo takes the CD player, puts the earphones in, and starts singing <laughs> the Lindsay Lohan rumor song. And says, I'm tired of rumors, or however yeah. it goes. And he's just like, he's singing along. And Christy and Eugene come back, and they're just looking at him. He goes, okay, Eugene, time to go out to the match. And Christy's like, Eugene, do you want your CD player back? He goes, yes, please. And it, it was 
it was it was funny and it was kind of cute and well, Regal's just yes and Regal's always been hilarious and he's always been able to have funny moments and another great duo is him and Tajiri of course yeah I don't know if anybody has him later but these two just the fact that because Regal like was almost a father figure by the end of it yeah and to the point like it it started out to where he didn't want to do this he doesn't want to look after this fucking dickhead. And now it's like he's really starting to care for him. And now it's like when Bischoff talks shit about him or Triple H says something, like Eugene's like getting in his face. Not Eugene, Willie Regal. Yeah. Willie Regal's like defending him. And Regal's like, oh, wait, wait. And like, like what, there was a few times that like they were some, he was supposed to fuck Eugene over and he didn't, right? Yeah, there was, uh, well, when he tried to cost Eugene like his debut match or whatever. And then like they were going to do the thing to where Coach was going to embarrass Eugene. And Regal, you know, was going to say something, but then Regal's just, uh, but Regal was basically told by Bischoff, it's like, if you want to keep your job, you'll shut your mouth. Yeah. And then, you know, afterwards, Regal just starts, you know, it could, and then Chris Benoit starts sticking up for, for UG. Yeah. Okay. But so, that was more, it felt like Chris was doing it for the title. Like, it, it didn't really feel like Chris had Eugene's back either. Like, I went back and watched all this a few years ago, and it's like... Benoit was clearly trying to do what was best for Benoit. And so, like, he was sticking up for Eugene, but he was basically just saying, like, Triple H is using you. Yeah. But he wasn't Benoit's little buddy. No, but he was definitely he was definitely Regal's buddy. Yes. And then, like, I, I think they were going to try something. I really think that at one point they were going to try to make Regal and Benoit a tag team. Well, I'm glad they did. I didn't, I don't, Benoit's great, but we're not talking about him. Yeah. Regal and uh, Eugene were a great duo. Yeah, no, they were. Uh, thank you. Yeah. You're up next. Okay. Eric Young and ODB. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> now, this was actually a break because they actually kept this storyline going for like two years. And this was even at the time when mm-hmm. ODB was in and out of impact. But, like, they kept it going. Like, they, they got, you know, quote-unquote married on TV, uh, both in their underwear. That was uh, hilarious. Even though Sarita and Rosita tried to stop it. Yeah. And then, like, they were the knockouts tag team champions. <laughs> it was just it, – it was funny. And then I remember, like uh, – ODB was kind of on her way out in 2014, and they were trying to – Dixie Carter kind of had this idea of, okay, an underdog in WWE won the title, WrestleMania 30. Let's give the underdog in TNA a title shot, and that's when Eric Young won the world title. Yes. And ODB comes out at the end, and they kind of celebrate, and Taz goes, well, they're going to be rocking the double wide later. That's funny. Yeah, it was just it, it was another thing. Like it was it was stupid, but it's just like you know, you would almost think that the two of them actually kind of had a love for each other. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Eric, you're number nine. <clears throat> Matt, Matt Cordell and uh, Chelsea Green. Cordell is... Um, third going in, Chelsea Green. Thank you. 
What did what did you say? I I repeated what you said because you said Cardona's name wrong. Oh, Cardona. Cardona right now is probably the biggest indie star in indie star right now. And he's is he a free agent? Well he's NWA champion, right? No, uh Tyrus. Yeah. No. Tyrus beat him, did he? He's some yeah. champion, but yeah, right now he's I don't the think biggest star in watch that shit, but I, I know that he's doing good, and Chelsea Green yeah. is very hot, so good for him. Yeah. yeah. He's got a pretty good gimmick and going yeah, on Chelsea right Green's now. Back in, the WWE, so. in WWE, where she keeps bugging Adam Pearce. Yeah, I don't I don't mind her, and I've always liked uh, him, and I'm, like, Zack Ryder, I was in on it in, like, 2011. Like, I really wanted Ryder to be a star. Uh, yeah. And he's had moments throughout his career. Over. Yeah, he was, and uh, yeah, they're, they they seem cute. They're another one that it's like there's not a lot to get into there because it's a private relationship. But yeah, they're a cute couple. Off screen, they're a good couple. Yeah, I mean, it, for a while in Impact, they they were kind of the uh, the big couple in in Impact when he was in Impact for a bit. Well, that's true, they were. They, they were, were like kind the, of the big couple with impact. Yeah. So. For whatever it's worth. I know impact's not huge anymore, but. No, I got you. All right, Clint, who's your number nine, sir? RVD and Kane. Another ruthless aggression, but I think one of the of the strange, what are good tag teams? I think you had the power of Kane and, and the high-flying ability to RVD. And next to Espos, I think, besides Espos, I think RVD proves to be like a real, I think, human side of Kane instead of the monster side. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. This was This was like my favorite time for Kane when he was like this chill dude. And he was, like, cracking jokes a little bit when he had the mask on. And even when he turned heel, him and RVD had some fun stuff against each other. Uh, but I love odd couples, and they, they were not – and so was him and X-Pac. But X-Pac always had this a different vibe about him. It was kind of cool that this big, red, fiery machine and then this, like, stoner dude that flies around, and they're going to hang around each other and their buddies. And, like, and it worked. It just It's one of those things that worked. And even, like, when they talk to each other and shit, they seem like homies. Like, I'll never forget when they won the tag titles the night after WrestleMania 19. Yeah. And it was that triple threat match. And Kane and RVD had to win the titles in a three-way against Chief Morley and Lance Storm and the Dudleys. <coughs> or they had to join the Bischoff administration. <coughs> and Kane wanted to kill RVD. He's like, why would you negotiate that? Like, we lost to them last night. And he's just like, look, I got this. And, like, in the beginning of the match, uh, J.R. goes, well, I would not have RVD do my taxes. <laughs> they won, though, didn't they? Yeah. Like, it was, like, one of the best moments, I think, on Raw in, like, a long time. You know, 
how successful a tag team is and even more how successful a friendship is by the reaction that it gets out of the people when one of them turns on the other one. Yeah. And that building was sucked out of air when he took his mask off and he beat the shit out of RVD. Yeah. And I remember as a kid terrified. That's still one of the moments that stays with me. Where yeah. it was like, oh my God. And it's and I like Kane and I loved him in R V D and now he's beat the shit out of this guy and he's Yeah, and really ugly. He just came out here to help him. Yeah, and it's but they were a really fun duo. That's a great pick, Clint. Thank you. But uh Yeah. All right. Next up, I have a duo that helped make a promotion the number one promotion in wrestling. Uh, I got Hall and Nash. I, now I have a controversial list because a lot of some of the a lot of the duos on my list people aren't necessarily fond of, including this one because these guys got a lot of heat, of right. course, because you know they try to call them selfish and say they ran the show and everything, but. When Hall and Nash were at their best in their prime, it was gold. And even when they were buddies in, uh, you know, WWF behind the scenes, Razor was a fun character. Yes, Diesel's the worst drawing champion, but Big Daddy Cool was some fun stuff still. And when they go to WCW and the NWO, and the NWO only really felt like a brotherhood because of them. Right. It didn't feel like it because of anybody else. Like, no one really thinks that they're going and having beers with Scott Norton after. But you do think that they're going and having beers with each other. Even if it didn't feel like Hogan was really a part of them, those two always like made that. the bro- And let's be honest, they're what made the NWO cool. Because of Scott Hall like dancing around and fucking with the toothpick and the bad guy and, uh, you know, just all this shit. Hey, yo. Yeah. And then, you know, Big Sexy and with Kevin Nash and shit. And it's like, those two made that thing cool. And... They made people care about it. And so that friendship did a lot of good. Even though everyone wants to talk about the bad that that friendship did, that friendship did so much fucking good for the business. It's stupid how good they well, did. Well, and what's funny is Scott Hall – by the way, like, you know, we talk about Diesel being the worst drawing champion. If anybody ever has a chance, just go watch the entire year 1995 WWF Superstars, which was WWE's secondary show at the time. Yeah, it was their weekend syndication show, but they actually treated it like it was actually it could be sometimes bigger than Raw. Yes, because everybody worked everybody worked the show. Now, like later on in like '96, you know, they had it mainly for like the mid card feuds, but like Diesel uh, Diesel worked a lot in in the '95 in '95, and Razor was always there too, but like. As far as to and by the way, Diesel and Razor actually did main event an episode of Superstars in '94, and that's actually where Diesel won the Intercontinental Title. But as far as like Hall and Nash being a good duo, I think Hall was the one that you could better get along with because he was like the more flexible one. Uh, as in, like, okay, you know, if we if they needed Hall and Nash to do the job, Scott's just like, all right. They can pin me. I don't care. Yeah. You know, because Nash isn't going to get it. Well, first of all, Nash gets down on his back. His knees are so bad, he might not be able to get back up. Uh, and it's just the fact that we lost Scott recently, and you know how bad that hurt Kevin. It still hurt him. They yeah. were, 
So, and it's not like these, this isn't, this is one of those cases that it's on screen and off. These guys were brothers. They went everywhere with each other. They were best friends to the very end. Yeah. And they, they loved each other. And, and, and on screen, they were the same way. And uh, that's yep. why their feud was so hard to watch in WCW. It was hard to watch for a lot of reasons. That and the drinking, obviously. But it's just, I, these two have done a lot more good than people give them credit for. So I put them on my list. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Cause, and honestly, I like them. And I know, and I'm counting on Eric to have the other duo in the click later on in his group. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But the two duos in the click, I prefer this one. Right. I, I love Sean and Hunter, but I Hall and Nash, I'll take them any day of the week. So, uh, who's your number eight? Eddie Guerrero and China. Mamacita. All right. So, real quick about this duo. You go over, Eddie Guerrero kept flirting with China and flirting with China, and then she beat him at WrestleMania. And then the next night, she turns on Chris Jericho, helps Eddie Guerrero win the European title. <laughs> and then, you know, she became like, because this is around the time, too, where Triple H and Stephanie really started to, you know, their on-screen relationship really carried to the, to the back. And they, and they needed China to focus on other stuff. And Eddie... First of all, Eddie, I think, could be paired with anybody, and somehow it turned into be comedy gold. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've seen him do it with Chavo. We saw how funny the pairing between him and Batista could be, you know, until that was tragically cut short. You know, him and Tajiri had some funny stuff they did together, for Christ's sake. Uh and, and, you know, and him and Ray. But it was like him in China was just like, he really made, I think he really made China kind of see that she was more than just a badass. Yeah. That she really was a pretty face. Or she could be a pretty face. Like, he just kind of brought out that softer side. Yeah, he let her be cute and girly. Yeah. We never really saw her be that. Right. Uh, I'll never forget, like when uh, when he pinned her in the the Sweet Sixteen round of the King of the Ring tournament in two thousand. Yeah. Like he was in he was in the doghouse. Yeah. And he's just like, "Mommy, I just don't be mad at me. You're sad at me." Oh, then he gave her a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> Jr. was like, "He gave her a puppy." Yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, because even China said, he's like, well, now look, we can't let this affect our relationship. You know, don't just take it easy on me. So he he, he beat her the way he knew, <laughs> yeah. he knew how. And then she gets mad at him. And he's just like, mommy, you said this. You only have to win it at, 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 at all costs. And it's like... It's like the poor bastard couldn't win. Jr. and King had me dying during that because, like, Jr. was like angry, Mamacita, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, or that's a grumpy Mamacita. Yeah, Mamacita's not very happy. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one, and that was another one that it it was a relationship, but it also it told it told a story throughout the whole time. Yeah, and, and to the very end, to where. When he cheats on her, and then it leads into something with Billy Gunn, and you kind of you get a continuation, and it all makes sense because he was a player the whole time. So of course he's going to cheat. 
and that it and that you feel bad, and now it gives her more baby face uh, shine, and she goes against Eddie, and it's just that stuff really worked. Yeah, it was just like, uh, and it was the best Eddie looked to that point. That that's when he really started to catch steam. Well, right, because he had the radicals was not doing anything. No, and plus also remember too his debut match he dislocated his elbow. Oh yeah. Okay. So, you know, he wasn't really able to do much in the Radicals, and then, you know, they put the two of them together, and it just clicked. I mean, Jesus yep. Christ, he had a show-stealing match with S.A. Rios yeah. at Backlash. S.A. Rios, who they were not doing jack shit with. He could go, though, in his own right. Yeah. Like, if they did shit with him, it would have been great, because S.A. was good. Right, but they wanted, like, this huge-ass card for Backlash, because... It was going to be Austin's return. Austin was going to be in the corner of the rock. Like, they were loading up that card, which they didn't want to do for WrestleMania, but they did it for fucking Backlash. <laughs> uh, and it was, in my opinion, probably one of the best Backlashes of all time. But, like, Eddie could go with anybody, and then, like, you add that element of, of China in there. Especially, like, when she used to have, like, the bouquet, the bouquet of roses with the pipe in it. Yeah. Uh, and Jerry would be like, what the hell? But, yeah, no. That's why they're on my list. Great couple. Eric, who do you got? Egg and Vicky. Egg and Vicky Guerrero. Oh, yeah, were, I forgot, to tell, you, I forgot to tell everybody at the beginning that whoever put Vicky Guerrero on their top ten list is fired. <laughs> But a good runner. It was a Sorry. it was a great heel couple. Yeah, and just oh yeah, definitely. The classic case of like the dude like he he comfies up to the female boss and he gets whatever he wants and it it made him look like a more of a sneaky chicken shit that he already was. Like this was good work yep. by Edge and Vicky. You can say whatever I you want it. about, it. and we have. And I don't want to weigh in on the current situation. Well, that's why I'm saying I don't want it. That's one of the reasons why I should have said at the beginning, I don't want her on anybody's list because I don't want to. That's fine. I, I don't want to talk about her. That's fine. But we talk about Chris Benoit. Yeah. So we're going to talk about her. Because if murder-suicide, if that, if we can still talk about his art, then we're going to talk about hers. Right. Because she was a great wrestling heel. She was a great bad guy. Yeah. Who is it? Vicky Guerrero. With the excuse me shit, no one can go out and get a pop like Vicky Guerrero. She was good at what she did. Yep. And and she worked with Edge tenfold. And yep. they made a good combination for a good yep. fucking terrible heels that you love to hate so much. It was good. It worked. Yeah. Because it's the feud with Batista and Undertaker and whoever else. It was it was gold. I thought it was gold to you. The TV. I'm saying what made it best is when she put Edge in that hell in a cell match with the Undertaker. The Taker, yeah. That, that was good too. <laughs> yeah. I to me I will always because there's a lot of people we talk about that I don't enjoy and I think they're terrible people. But we're talking about the work. Right. And as far as her work, her work with Edge, they deserve to be on Eric's list. Well no, and I, I respect I, I, him I, for putting well, it on. Well no, I'm not I'm just saying I don't want to, like, I'm personal. Like, you guys can go ahead and talk about talk about her. I'm not putting her over. I'm not saying anything about her. You guys want to talk about her, that's fine. 
as far as I'm concerned, she belongs in hell. That's all I'm going to say about her. I'm not talking about her work. I'm not putting her over. Okay. Fair enough. All right, Clint, it's your turn. Well, I got a better heel couple. This Raj is Edge and Lita. That's a good one. Yeah. And it, what's funny is that, like, it, it was – when that first happened, like, uh, the two of them first kind of got caught or whatever, and, like, Lita got booed, we didn't have internet at the time, I don't think. It, it got broken for, like, the 90th time or whatever the fuck. Okay. I had no idea what the hell was going on, and then, like, our internet had been restored or whatever, and I saw that, and I'm just like, oh, shit, she cheated on Matt Hardy. What a what a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have on my list, too, so. It was a yeah. great, and I, I obviously, I prefer this one over Vicky. I did think that the Vicky stuff worked, too, really well. But him and Lita worked tenfold, mostly because it was real. Yeah. But also because it was so, like, it was, like, kind of, like, it was, like, white trash and, like, scummy. And, like, they were just, like, these kind of, like, bad people. And that's how everyone viewed them. And the fact that Edge and Lita were, like, we look like pieces of shit. Play it up. Yeah, and, and by the way, they, they broke did. up like halfway through the storyline. Yeah, and it didn't work. But it, they made that work so good. And you got to give it to that poor woman for putting herself. She was chanted "slut" every fucking night. Yeah, every night for a very long time. Like now, people respect and love her again. But it was not that way for a very long time because of this. And because well, that's of one of the reasons story. why she left when she did, because she couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, because it's mental abuse after a while. But she's so good. She was so good, and she was such a good heel. That's why she got that reaction. And her and fucking Edge exactly. tongue kissing and fucking, you know, the live sex celebration and like those are iconic. She did not want to do, but Vince is just like, oh, it'll get ratings, pal. And it did. It's an iconic moment. It is an icon. It is an iconic moment, but like you even have like Edge and Cena are just like Vince. She's uncomfortable. So what, pal? Uh, but it's just like because they were trying to go edgy. Yeah. And of, uh, I mean, it worked. But it's just like you know, doing stuff like that though. That doesn't necessarily get them heat. It's just like okay, it makes you just say, hey, can you guys make a video that we can rent? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, yeah, like I'm the only one that's ever thought that. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah, no, this worked, though. Great heel <laughs> couple. Yeah. Now, my number eight, it is, I believe. Yeah. My number eight yeah. is my only real-life couple on this list. Well, actually, I think I might have another, but a current, like, off-screen relationship that really hasn't been played on screen too much. Kind of what Eric was doing for the first couple picks. I have Renee Young and John Moxley. I find them... Yeah, I was going to put this on my list, too. Only in wrestling that you, you can get couples like this, and that's why I love wrestling and I love the business and I love stuff like that because two completely different people this madman who likes to bleed every fucking night and put himself through barbed wire tables and he's just this crazy fucking dude and then this like very proper well-spoken just like good sports analyst and gorgeous woman but when she talks she knows what the fuck she's talking about right 
you know, and it, just those two together. Exactly. And I've listened to them, their podcast together, and they're just they're a very cute couple. And even the one they just did a couple weeks ago, when he was talking about like punk and yep. shit. And what he kept calling him, what's his dick? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just those, those two were they're, they're a good couple. I'm I'm almost glad that it was never played in WWE. Like right. that, it like Miz brought it up a couple times, but but it wasn't like they were going to. I think at one point they had talked about John and Renee, or, or well Dean and Renee, yeah, doing the mixed tag against uh, Miz and Maurice at WrestleMania. But Renee didn't want to get. Renee had never trained to be a wrestler, and she's just like, I don't feel comfortable. And John was against it. Yeah, he's just like. Don't put her through that. Yeah, it'll be stupid. Like she's an she's an analyst. Let her analyze. Yeah. You know, let me just handle all the, you know, uh, let me just handle all the you know work, you know, the work, ring work and shit. And you know to, uh, and then you know they got married a couple months later, and as a wedding gift, Vince split them up. Uh, but uh, like. But no, like even on like the podcast that they do, uh, you know, the way they were, you know, talking about punk and all that, because when she asked him about punk, she goes, now, do you want to talk about this? And he's just like, well, you already advertised that we were going to talk about it, so I have to. He goes, I'd rather not. He goes, we should have recorded this last week before this shit happened, so I wouldn't have to talk about it. But no, somebody got busy. (laughs) He's like, she's like, yeah, John, you did. Yeah, and just like them talking about their dogs and stuff. They're just a cute couple. Yeah, just talking about the dogs, talking about that, talking about baby Nora. Yeah, they're a good couple. Yeah. I, I enjoy seeing them together. They're fun, and they're very and like Renee, they're more similar than people think, and that's why it's like Renee's like very like when she talks to him, she's like, dude, what the fuck, and like shit, like like it's just it's cute. Yeah, uh, they did a Valentine's episode of like before she had the baby. Uh, and um, they were talking about, like, how awkward, or she was talking about how awkward they were. And he goes, I'm never awkward. You were awkward. She looked at him and said, yes, you fucking were. <laughs> and then she actually got in trouble with YouTube to where the, she actually had to start bleeping out the app for it because she said it too much during that episode. getting a regular gift. <laughs> uh, <laughs> number seven. Who do you got, Doug? Uh, By the way, I was thinking about for my next few picks just to piss you off doing like uh, Vicky and Chavo yeah. and then, you know, uh, Vicky and the Edgeheads or Vicky and uh, Awesome Cog. Yeah. Uh, but I decided not to go <laughs> Appreciate that. Kane and X-Pac. That's a good one. Uh, mainly because it, it started off as, uh, like, it just, I think on an episode of Sunday Night Heat. And, uh, you know, Kane just, uh, you know, X, or Kane just kind of came, or X-Pac came to Kane's aid. Then they won the tag titles. And it, was, it just started off as, like, this oddball pairing. And then, you know, Kane started getting... Kane started actually taking a liking to X-Pac. And then, like, the big thing where uh, Undertaker and Kane were, they thought they were reuniting. And, uh, you know, Undertaker chokeslammed X-Pac. 
Kane saw it on the on the Tron, so he choke slammed the Undertaker. Yeah, that and was then cool. like you had the big hug. Yeah, that was sick. Yeah, that was cool. And another relationship that I liked in this relationship, it's not on my list, but I thought Tori and Kane were pretty cute together. They, they were for a while, and then like they did the thing it where was fucked she up, had but, uh, yeah. she had to spend the holidays with X Pac, and then she just became like nuts. Yeah. Uh. By the way, she's not my favorite Tori in wrestling. Of course not. But I mean, she was she it, could be it was a, a cute, really good worker. It was a cute little couple though for the yeah. Attitude Era, and it, was, it like it gave it just like the X Pac shit. All that all this stuff did was give Kane some humanity. Yeah, which was nice. Because it's like, what else are you gonna do with him? You already did the Undertaker shit. He's been a top heel. He's been all this stuff. Let's try something different. This was something different, and it was fun. Oh, definitely. Uh, <laughs> Like I said earlier, I do prefer uh, Clinith. I do prefer RVD and Kane together. Yeah. But Kane and Xbox were fun too. Well, I wish I, it would have lasted longer. So I didn't put X or Kane and RVD on mine because somehow I thought you were gonna. Okay. Uh. But I'm I'm glad somebody did. Yeah, I had to. All right, Eric, you're number seven. Um, you're going to like this, Daniel. Uh, Cody and Brandy. I am going to like it because it's on my list too, you fucking asshole. <laughs> but I, I have an alternate. For <laughs> but, but yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree. They're, they are a great couple. I think it's, it's a, it's one of those, I like it because Brandy, like everything she tried at AEW didn't work, but I still give her credit for yeah. trying because she's not a wrestler, but she tried and she tried the character stuff. She tried all that stuff. And and there, I yeah. watched a little bit of their TNT show, and it was fun. It was cute. Miz and yeah, Mrs. is was. better, but still, it was fun. To me, they're kind of like uh, a different – they're a different version. It's almost like the same people, but not – but they're like a more public version of John and Renee. Yes. Because yeah, – I was about to say that. Be, and mainly because like it's almost like the same relationship, except for you know Cody has yeah. no problem being out in the public eye. Moxley would rather be you know out, <coughs> out in the cornfield naked somewhere yeah. uh, <laughs> than be in the public eye. And like it, it is kind of like Brandy Rhodes and Renee Paquette are the same person. And Brandy just seems like. And I also like Brandy now as kind of just the supportive wife. Yeah. And she's a, a good model and stuff, too. She's a beautiful woman. And they seem to really enjoy parenthood with their kid. I saw their kid at WrestleMania. It was very cute. They were calling over to Sheamus to say hi to the kid. She's waving to Sheamus. <laughs> and, uh, like... That's why I was, thought you were going to win. Yeah. Well, that's how you know this is in charge. It's like, the baby's there. They, she, she's got to see him lose. <laughs> It'll build character, pal. And then 20 <laughs> years, still made a vet against Charlotte and get her revenge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, or Nia Jax to, to go after the Samoan lineage. Oh, God. But, uh, no, very cute couple. I like Brandy a lot. I think she's got a great personality. I know you did like her yeah. when she was healed because she was doing her job, but yeah, and, she was being and that's the thing. But like also too, her ring work is not no great, but 
And I feel like, but I do feel like she tried. Like that whole nightmare collective bullshit yeah. that she that she did. It was awful, yeah. but it was her trying something. And you can tell that she put a hundred percent of her into it. Yeah, and she really wanted to make it work. Yep. It just wasn't good. The problem is, is that Luther is not good. No. Uh, that Mel that was with them, she sucked. And Cog was past her prime. Yeah, exactly. So, and it couldn't just be Brandy. So you had four people in that group. You had to have four people that gave uh, 100%. Yeah. All right. Brandy <laughs> gave 100%. Kong, I would say, probably gave about maybe 25, 30. Because, she, again, she's past her prime. The other two added together gave about 3%. Yeah, so I, but Brandy, and I've seen, like, her shot of Brandy show on YouTube where she, like, drinks and cooks with, like, wrestling. That's actually, that was actually fun to watch. Yeah, that was fun to watch, and I've seen her and Cody on numerous podcasts, and I've seen them interact together a lot, and they're just a cute couple. They really care about each other, and they yeah. they love the business, and she, they both sacrificed a lot for the business, yeah. and they're just a good wrestling exactly. couple. Yeah, my favorite episode of Shot of Brandy is actually when like she had Orange Cassidy on and she was hiding underneath their sink. That's funny. <laughs> All right, Clint, who you got? Number seven. Miz and Marie. I think one of the That's a good one. A couple. Yeah, you can't go wrong. I think. Very yeah, I, I like that couple. Yeah. I think those, those two play off each other and they build each other up like, really, really well. Exactly. I agree. And their show is their show is good. Yeah. It's not like like Total Bellas, Total De- all that shit. And Clintus, I know you're a fan and I'm sorry. But to me, it's like no, I'd I like rather... I watch it. I watch it. Huh? I enjoy it. Miz and Maurice is fucking... That is an actual good show. Total Bellas and Total Divas, I'd rather put Elpo on my balls and walk through a dog pound. But Miz and Mrs. is actually a good watch. You can actually sit down with friends, well, maybe not like the bros, but you can sit down with your lady friend and watch that, and it's fun, and it's and they're a good couple. Miz is hilarious. And, like, in real life, like, yes, Miz has a punchable face, and he's really good at being a douchebag, but in real life, he's fucking hilarious. And they play off each other well, and she's a, and her mom is hilarious, too. All right, so my thing, and I'm not a, I'm not a big Maurice fan. I know. But I will say that, like, they are the perfect couple because they play off each other so well, and he can be a dick, and she can be a bitch. And when they put the two of them together, it's just like they're just like one of the most like arrogant, egotistical couples. So like you want to see like them get their asses kicked, but it's also too like you want to hear like, or I'll say this. I love listening to Miz cut promos because he is funny. Yes. Maurice is one of those. I'll put a gun to my eardrum and, and, and blow my eardrum out so I don't have to hear her talk. I don't, her voice to me is just, is annoying, but I like it when she is with the Miz because that that gives Miz more heat. Well, yeah, 
they're probably one of the best couples on all of our lists because they do both very well. They can be the most likable, lovable couple on Ms. and Mrs., and they can also be the most insufferable couple yeah. on WWE TV. So they do both roles very well. <coughs> and when they – Maurice, when she was like Divas Champion, that's when women – weren't really were didn't have the work rate and she wasn't that great. But when they've done these tag matches, she's held her own. Brie Bella was the shit worker in that tag match, not Maurice. Oh yeah, no, definitely. she's the botch fest. She was the one that fucked that up, not Maurice. Whatever, like Maurice, Cena and Nikki, that was a good WrestleMania match. Yeah, and even yeah. like, and I know well, I I think uh, people shit on the Royal Rumble match when it was Edge and Beth versus Miz and Maurice. Oh, I forgot about that one. But I kind of. But that's when it was starting to get a little stale. It was starting to get a little stale, and also too, I mean that that glam slam that Beth does, it, it is one of the most easiest moves to do. But Edge can't do it worth shit. Yeah. Okay. He he. Fucked well, it's it. easy to do if you are have power like Beth Phoenix. Lifting another human being up like that in that angle is well, a little awkward. Well, I mean, Jay Cargill can do it in, in another AW. genetically like well, jackhammer. And, and, well, Ty Val- Valkyrie does it too. Okay, that's a little more ours. But uh, like Jay Cargill and Beth Phoenix both lift more than you. Yeah, they both could kick your ass and my ass. Well, yeah, they uh, could. Well, yeah, no, They're strong I, women. I, I I understand that. Uh but like you know, Edge. And well, because what it is, it's like yeah, picking them up. You know, in the in the chicken wing style. Yeah, the way off. you got your arms closer together, it is kind of hard. Yeah. Uh, but also too, like coming down, it's just a pancake. Yeah. All right. It's not and, very intricate. And I know what you're anybody saying. can pancake. Yes. Or we can set them up for a pancake. Edge just couldn't do it. Like the way Miz landed, it looked like shit. But yeah, Edge has a different style though. You don't see Edge doing power bobs and shit. Very much. No. That's not his style. But I, I see what you're saying. But Maurice, to me, Maurice was never the problem with those tag matches. I thought she was, she always did what she had to do and did it good enough. Yeah, and she played that chicken shit heel really well. All right. We're going to do our number six. Or am I at my number seven? It's my turn? Yeah, you're giving your number seven, and then we all have to go around for the sixes. And then we'll do the six, and then we're going to call it and do a part two, because we're not going to have enough time. Okay, okay. yeah. Uh, but we're doing the part two within a couple weeks, so whatever we have planned, we're going to move it. Uh, you want to just finish it off next week? Yes. Unless you had something big. If I did, I can't remember what it was. Okay. <clears throat> My number seven is kind of a, a, a like a – a deep cut, but it was an odd couple like friendship that happened in the Attitude Era that I really enjoyed. Uh, Taka Michinoku and Bradshaw. Oh my god! Because something about putting this little Asian dude, who's like one of the best like high flyers ever, with this fucking like big Texan with a big burly mustache, and he's fucking, and you just have those two in segments together, and they're talking to each other, and it's just fucking hilarious. And he's trying to Americanize Taka. Yeah, he's trying to get him to do American shit, and it's just it just worked. Yeah. That's what, and not a lot of people saw it. No one cared about it because this is when Austin shit's going on. This is when the biggest stuff in the world's happening. You know, 
WWE's really starting to catch steam. Right, because you had Austin, Austin McMahon. <coughs> you had the Undertaker and Kane stuff that was going on at the time. Yes. The shit that DX was doing, which was also comedy gold. Yeah. You had Sable, who was her main goal out there was to move merchandise. And then and, uh, and penis is upward. Yeah. So, like, you had to have her out there all the time and, you know, <coughs> have her beat up Mark Merrill. Yeah. Uh, and then you had, you know, obviously Rock was up and coming. And, you know, there's probably a few other things that I'm forgetting about. And Bradshaw and Taco was kind of, like, at that bottom. Yeah, it's like no one's co- – they're not coming to see Bradshaw and Taka. Yeah. But when you're there and you see this, it's hilarious. And it's comedy gold. And I encourage anybody at home to go up and watch those on YouTube. It's funny. Yeah. I mean, even like, you know, Brad, because Bradshaw and Taka were working a lot on Shotgun Saturday night. Yeah. Well, not against each other, but like they were like, usually had like a lot of the matches on there. Uh, which uh, I, I hope that at some point, you know, it's, Episodes of Shock on Saturday Night make their way to to Peacock. Yeah, because like that, it, you talk about underrated shows. Like to me, that is a underrated you know television broadcast. Uh, because it's just like, I mean, you're not going to get like you know Austin versus Undertaker on the show every week, but like you can get like you know good mid card matches on there. Yeah, hundred percent. And, but Bradshaw and Taka, like, when he taught Taka how to drive, and he's just like, what the hell? Like, watch what you're doing, you idiot. <laughs> to me, like, I, I really feel like Bradshaw, you know, was one of the best heels. Yeah. But I really did like him as, like, that uh, baby, as a baby face, a goofy baby, uh, well, like a... Uh, a funny, but also he'll kill you, baby face. Yeah, like, he, he, it's all fun and games until you piss him off. Like the APA. They're fun, loving poker game, but you spill a beer on him, it's war. Yeah. You know, it's like, I love Bradshaw in that role, too. I agree with you. Like, I'll never forget uh, when the APA, like, they reopened the offices. Yes. In, like, 2003. And uh, they had the, the butler, Bruce. Yeah. And he said, Ron, look what I got. He goes, what the hell is this? He goes, Bruce, our new butler. I want him in a poker game. <laughs> and you look at that now, and it's like, you can't say that now. No. Nope. No, you can't. So, yeah, I enjoyed that. A lot of people would put Bradshaw in uh, Farouk, which, understandably, but I, I had to go Taka. All oh, right, man. let's finish off with our number sixes. Doug, who's your number six favorite wrestling couple? Corey Wilson and Tajiri. Yeah, that one was I like it. Yeah, well, Clinton just said he liked it, son. I mean, I liked her better with him than uh, Rene Dupree. Or was that just in SmackDown versus Raw they were a couple? I think that was just in SmackDown versus Raw. Okay. So, the whole thing, and like, you know, when she was kind of, because nobody really trusted her at first, because, you know, she was a, uh, you know, part of the alliance, and then her and Tajiri just started talking, and Regal was telling her, or telling him, like, you can't, first of all, you can't trust a woman. I, uh, this is what Regal said. No, I'm, I, I'm not looking at uh, <sighs> any so bad. I'm, ju- I'm just clarifying, just so we don't get calls again from our female viewers. All two of them. Uh, 
bad enough we're going to get calls from uh, female uh, Guerrero family members for the fact that I just said. No, we're not. Yeah. Well, New York uh, and Clintus are fine. Yeah. We gave her flowers. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just gave her a, uh, I just gave her a handful it, of weeds. I would just keep right on going, Doug. Don't, yeah, don't a handful of weeds is pretty good. Though. Yeah, I thought you'd say something else. <laughs> me, me too. But that yeah, was no, bad. I I went with handful of weeds. Okay. So before you interrupt me, let me finish the sentence. Uh but well, uh, it is fair. Ninety-nine percent of the time, you would have said something stupid. There. Yeah, so you gotta much, give her yeah. a break. Yeah. Or but, dug your holes even deeper. Yeah, but go ahead. But um, like with Tori Wilson and Tajiri. It was just like one of those things, and it wasn't even really uh, funny or anything like that. Because Tajiri would always get his ass kicked. Yes. Tori Wilson is actually tougher than Tajiri. But what you got in the Hall of Fame faster? Yeah. You know, well, Tajiri might end up there in a few years. Uh, yeah, if he dies. Sad to say it. Yeah. Well. Um, and, and it sucks though too because even like when they tried to bring him back, like he was back for a week. And then, or for like a couple of weeks, and then he's just like, you know what? I think I'd rather stay in Japan. Tajiri, and right up there with like, I brought up, or someone brought up uh, Hurricane earlier. Yeah. Tajiri is one of the most underrated wrestlers in that Ruthless Aggression era. And maybe of all time, for how good that fucking guy was, how hard those kicks, like Daniel Bryan, eat your fucking heart out. Because Tajiri's kicks are the most ruthless kicks in the fucking business. And just, he was so good. And he was good in that comedy role with Tori or with, with Regal, with anybody. He was fun. Yeah. See, what I didn't like, though, was like at, at the end when, uh, you know, when she accidentally, or not even accidentally caused him the cruiserweight title, like he lost to Billy Kidman. Yeah, he started being a dick. And he started like making her like do the geisha, you know, dress up in the geisha or whatever. And then, like, you know, she tried to move on, and he didn't like it. It's just like, dude, go away. Like, you had your chance. You had her. You fucked it up. Yeah. Now it's Maven's turn. <laughs> yeah, he didn't do very well. Well, he broke his leg in the middle of the storyline. Because he yeah. couldn't do a baseball slide correctly. Uh, but, um, like... <laughs> to be honest with you, most baseball players can't even do a baseball side correctly. So, but uh, but no, like Will Atori and Tajiri, it was just it was underrated to the point to where, but they were, and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily funny. It was just you know this goofy this goofy looking you know international superstar. Yep. Get this hot fucking blonde. It holds out hope for every goofy-looking son of a bitch out there. Yeah. Uh, even though, you know, still hasn't happened for some of us yet. <laughs> it's okay, buddy. <laughs> That's sad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, she'll come. Tori Wilson will make her way to the Hummer household. Uh, uh, Eric, go ahead. I had Edge and Lita at first, but I changed it. I added um, Hogan and Eric Bischoff. Because these two were, yeah, wherever Hogan was, Eric Bischoff was right behind his ass. Stuck his you usually had to have Bischoff surgically removed. But, yeah, and, exactly. that's what I, and by the way, I'm really liking your list, Eric. I really respect it. Because I'm liking that he's Thank putting... You things out of here that people don't like. But 
it was a really but, but, good. By friendship. the way, does that surprise you? Like, a little bit. He has been trying to piss people off. Yeah, but he also goes safe route sometimes. Too, yeah, he, he does go safe route, and I think that's just like, uh, it, to me, it's just like just piss people off, and you know, if if you piss them off, that's fine. You know, if they feel like killing you, they'll kill you. But if not, then you'll be fine. It's uh, <laughs> a good way to look at it. Uh, yeah. I, no, but it, it, it's a great pick because that friendship was very lucrative. Yeah. It, it made a, a yeah. business almost. So it I also said gave a, Bischoff carpal tunnel. Like everything I said about Hall and Nash can also be said about Eric and Hogan. Yeah. And yes, it yep. got a little annoying after a while. And yes, like, you know, people say what they want to say about them behind the scenes. But that friendship did do a lot for the business. It made that NWO almost, and it made them kind of what they are, and Easy es heel turn, and those. I know they kind of went on a power trip, but I do like, I do like those two, and, and they're still friends to this day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think exactly. Bischoff is giving the hand jobs as hard today as he did back in the day. No, uh, he throws them under no. the bus more often now. Well, it, it, yeah, and like if and if anybody has watched the NWO episode of uh, the biography, like he really threw Hogan under the bus. Now Hogan then threw Sting under the bus, saying, "Well, Sting should have kicked out, brother." Or you do the fucking finish the way you were supposed to. You fucking handlebar yep. mustache motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> but like. It, and even like uh, when they did the episode where they were watching the Starcade match, the episode of 83 weeks when they were watching the Starcade match with Nick Patrick, and like he kind of just like, he said, he goes, well, Hulk felt this way because, and it's just like, all you need to say is Hulk felt this way because he's a no good piece of shit. Just mm-hmm. throw him under the fucking bus. We know he's scum. He's his friend. Yeah. Well, that's why he wouldn't do it because Bischoff is a loyal friend because Hogan made him a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, Hogan also made everybody hate Eric Bischoff, but that wasn't Hogan's problem. Hogan just needed to make money. Hogan, just like Kevin Nash, doesn't care. Yeah. All right. They don't care about, you know, if they shun people. They want to get to the top of that card. Yeah. When they came up with that finger poker yep. doom bullshit, yeah, that was... they didn't give a fuck about what everybody else thought. They didn't care that they were, you know, shitting on the business. They had an idea that they felt like, you know, this is a way to set the NWO back up. We're going to do it this way. Is it a good idea? No, but we're going to do it anyway. Mm. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, and because of that, Mick Foley owes them a Christmas card every year. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, all right, Clintus, who's your number six? Rock and Sock Connection. Ooh. Yep. That's a great now you're one. About, that's a great one. Now you're talking about rivalries that you never thought will be the best of friends is this one right here. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's still one of my favorite rivalries to this day. But them together was almost just as magical. And Mick, like, 
the fact that it, Mick just wanted to be Rock's friend so bad, and Rock was always acting like the cool guy, like that was always so much fun. Yeah, it was like <laughs> so. I remember like when they were first put together. Uh, it was a thing they were both trying to get uh, a title shot from Triple H, and Shane McMahon both made them kind of go through these matches. Uh, they both lost. Rock wanted a shot at both Undertaker and Big Show. Mankind says, well, what if you, uh, um, you know, what if we team together tonight and take on Undertaker and Big Show for the tag titles? And it just, it worked. And they won the titles and they kind of just became this thing. And after a while, like, it's again, another one of those things. After a while, Rock's just like, all right, this, this really is stupid, but I'll go along. Yeah. And that's why it was another thing like Regal where it's like, then you start to see Rock actually start to have fun. And it's like, this is awesome. Yeah. And it, it was a nice flavor. And, and you can't forget, but this is your life. Oh, God. One of the best segments ever. <laughs> I like both of them. One I even the like the one in the Ruthless Aggression era, too. Uh, yeah. Oh, the... The one where uh, the one Rock did, the Rock did for Mick. Yeah, I like that one. That that was that was funny, especially with the uh, with the book critic that came out or the film critic or whatever. Yeah. And uh, then they they beat him up. Like, he he just looked like this little puny guy that I'm pretty sure we've seen in commercials before. Uh, yeah. And uh, the This Is Your Life, the first one was hilarious because fucking. Like, Rock would say, well, no, this guy's an asshole. And then Mick was like, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> After he, like, just talked whatever <laughs> up that he just got. Yeah. And it, it was just, it, it was fun. And they were, and I'll never forget how heartbroken Mick was when he thought that Rock threw his book in the trash. Yeah. I almost I almost put Mankind and El Snow on my list. That's that's a good one. But then I was just like, you know what? I, I Al, to me, had a better... Uh, had a better, you know, dance partner. Which so I'll, did, well, I'll get into in part two. And so did Mick, because he was more entertaining with the rock. Well, yeah, exactly. Like they were both, yeah. they were good together, but they were better with separate people. And it was one of those where, at least, it feels like creatively they were like, "All right, we have different people at the top right now, but these are still top guys. Let's put them together." And it it just worked. And sometimes exactly. that works. Like same thing with. Kane and RVD and Raw at the time. These are two guys that could be in the main event versus Triple H every week, but they're not right now, so let's put them together. And, and it worked. Yeah, and like even before yep. like they were ready to, well, when they thought they were ready, before they thought they were ready to put Booker T in the main event spot, uh, until Triple H remembered that he used to work for WCW, uh, like, yeah. you know, Booker T and Goldust together. Yeah, exactly. Same same kind of stuff. I mean, Goldust wasn't at the Goldust same. wasn't a main event level guy, but it's just like it's something for Booker. Yeah, something for him to do. Uh, and I think it worked. My number six and the last pick we're going to be doing tonight. Now, next week, part two, I'm sure somebody is going to bring up the great duo right now and the two childhood friends. And Well, I don't know about childhood, but indie darlings that came up and made it together. I'm sure Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens are going to get brought up, right? Uh, ah, yeah. yeah. But I'm not, I'm, I'm not stealing them right now. I'm just saying I'm sure they'll get brought up. Okay. 
my number six is kind of a version of that, but a different version and more of an underrated version because they haven't and, seen an El Generico. No. <laughs> and these two guys never got <laughs> They never ended up at the same destination, but they were at the same place for a long time. I went with AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels. Because these are two guys that are best friends in real life. They were great rivals in TNA and also an awesome tag team when they were together. And, you know, they did the fortune stuff. Daniels was in fortune, wasn't he? Yeah, for a while. Uh, And they they just, they were always, they always wanted to work together because they were friends and it it always worked. And I wish Daniels would have ended up in WWE with them, but, you know, it is what it is. And I just, it, it worked. The whole thing they're really good. Like it's the same thing to me as Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, but it's just a little different. Yeah, it's it's different. Be- different because like it. How do I put this? Like because Christopher Daniels is never really gonna get. It was never really gonna get to that late main event like spotlight. Yeah, like that AJ did. Yeah, he could have though. But it's just more. I, I don't know what it was because Christopher Daniels is one of the better, uh, one of the best in-ring workers, yes. you know, of all time. Good promo too. Okay, but it's just like they just saw him more as like that veteran mm-hmm. that could help get talent over. Yeah, they didn't really see money in him. I mean, they really didn't see money in Kevin and Kevin and Sammy either. Yeah, but... and that's what I'm saying. Just two like independent darlings. AJ and Daniels wasn't isn't killing it now like those two were, but I just see a lot of similarities in the two stories, and you can kind of say the same thing for like Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. Yeah. But I just I don't know I love those two, and I and I loved watching SEU and Christopher Daniels kind of have like another leg of his career at AEW while AJ was killing it. And what's funny here too is, you know he, you know he is. The head of talent relations for AEW, I'm talking about Christopher Daniels. Yeah. But he's also one of Ring of Honor's top talents. Yeah. So he's wrestling for Ring of Honor while doing fucking office work for AEW. That's awesome. So, and they're both still working, and it's great. Just, It's one of my favorite duos. I have, an, I have another indie darling. That, it's not on my list, but um, Johnny Gargano and um, Tom Punk. That's a good one, too. It is a good one, too. And I really feel like, you know, Johnny Gargano's kind of being, like, staged for when Champa comes back. If we would have done yep. this list 10 years ago, you know what a good one would have been? Cole Cabana and CM Punk. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it doesn't really work anymore, but. Don't put him no. on the list, and, you know, Punk will probably sue us. But, uh I mean, I've already got, you know, lawsuits coming in from Vicky Guerrero and Hulk Hogan and Gomez McMahon. All right, guys. I have another one. The Bella Twins. No. All right, guys. Have a good one. <laughs> hey, 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 what's wrong with the Bella Twins? This is everything. This They're is talentless that. hacks that used the business for everything it was worth and then left. Who is that? The Bellas. Oh, yeah. The reality stuff, no. not wrestlers. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> and Quinnis will not be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Quinnis writing his reg- resignation as we. <laughs> <laughs>
No, I mean, the Bellas are fine. Well, the funny thing about the Bellas is that, like, I really feel like Bree loved the business. Uh, Nikki, I think, is just one of those. Nikki was good at it. That's the funny thing. The funny thing is is that Nikki didn't love the business, but she was good at it. Yeah, and Bree couldn't work a fucking lick. Yeah, and Bree loved the business. But she absolutely blew. Yeah, and she and Nikki was married to the one with the five, or not married, but Nikki was fucking the five moves of doom, and, and Brie was fucking the best technical wrestler of our generation in some people's opinions, and Brie couldn't work to save her fucking life, and Nikki was actually a by the end of her run, Nikki was actually a very polished in ring talent. Yeah. Not like one of the best ever or anything, but she was actually a very good in She could go 10 minutes and make it look good. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. Is yeah. that like, and I think that's what bugs it. I mean, it, to be honest with you, like, and I don't, I'm not a fan of Nikki Bellas, Maybe. but I will admit that she is a polished in ring worker. I yeah. mean, she's also a trophy wife that would actually like to be polished. Yes. But, and I'm not saying she loves it, but I, I also can't speak to that stuff, even though I will, I'll still say it because that's my opinion. But I will say, like, the the credit they give to Trish about just being, like, a hot model that, like, learned the business and picked it up after a while. Like, you can say the same thing about Nikki. She was just – she was – didn't see – I don't know if she was a fan. They don't really talk about them being fans. But once she really, like, went on her run and she's, like – you, she was training with Daniel Bryan. I remember, like, seeing videos of her and Bryan training right. together. Well, because especially – because I think after a while – you know, Bree really didn't want it. Bree wanted to just stay home and be a mom. Yeah, and that's fine. There's nothing uh, wrong with that. And, and she wanted to stay home and be a mom to Bert. Now, it, you know, her and Danielson have two kids now. She didn't really want a second kid. Like, when she found out she was pregnant, she was basically begging Brian to punch her in the stomach. Jeez. Uh, but, a little harsh. Uh, well, I mean, I'm just, I don't know if she actually did that, but it's like, she told Brian, she's like, I don't want to have another kid. And then, you know, six weeks later, her and Nikki are both pregnant at the same time. Yeah. But, like, she just, she just, wants, she just wanted to be a mom. Nikki felt like there was still more for her to prove. Yeah. I mean, even up to, like, six months ago, they still wanted, uh, you know, Nikki still wanted to come back and win the women's tag titles. But I think it was just more now, you know, with the recent news of their contract coming up, it's just more now, you know, Nikki said, all right, Bree, let's go back to WWE. Let's win the women's tag titles. And Bree's just like, I'm done. Yeah. I don't blame I, And the Ronda stuff was a good way to end. Like with Evolution and all or that. Uh, yeah, the pay-per-view. Revolution, whatever the fuck. It was just, it worked. And like, and that was a good way to end for them. Well, and, Ronda and, working on top is also a good way to kill a business. Uh, that pay-per-view wasn't that bad, though. Well, no, because they had like other. Well, what I'm saying is, Ron is a horrible draw. Yeah, that's my point. Like, well, for the WWE, yeah, for the UFC, she's one of the biggest draws of all time. Yeah. Oh, but she sucks at wrestling. Yeah. But but in UFC, like especially draw, like she she made women fighting a thing. I'm not I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying she should have stayed. You know, stay in the cage. Yeah. No one's paying money to see her wrestle. Right? Yeah. But uh, make sure to check out all our other shit. We love you all. Everybody go watch SmackDown. Clinith, Eric, always a pleasure. We'll see everybody next week. Love you, boys. See you. Later. See you tomorrow. <laughs>